Hey friends, welcome to the Christian Heritage Podcast. I'm James Prush. This podcast comes from our weekly live stream where our CEO, Roy Baldwin, and I talk about the intersection of trauma, human flourishing, and the church. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the episode. We did have some technical difficulties recording this live stream. Roy's internet was acting up. And so at about the two minute and 45 second mark, we jump ahead in conversation. And then Roy joins me a little bit later on. Thanks for your patience and enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome everybody. Happy Wednesday. I uh, hope you're doing well. Roy, how's your Wednesday going? You know, it's going great. Hey, one sec. All right. Roy's leaving the scene. I am. I am. You know, I, you know, I'm relatively new to Nebraska. I think a lot of people know that I, I got my first official Huskers sunglasses. So nice. you know, the conversion continues of uh, converting me to become a, a Husker fan. So I love it. You yeah. Gotta, you so anyway, you're going to show those. You got to put them on right now. No, that would, no, I, I will not do that. I won't okay. do that. But, right. but it's, you know, I found these in my mailbox. And so, yeah, trying to convert me. Wait a minute. You found them in your mailbox? I know so someone, someone, someone sent them to you. Someone okay. gave them to me. They gifted them Great. to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, okay. if you're out there listening, you sent Roy those Husker sunglasses. We, we thank you. So welcome to our live stream. We were off last week. We're back this week and we're continuing our conversation about this idea of the Coast Guard and the battleship. But we're specifically going to dig into, you know, if we're on this rescue mission with Jesus, how do we guard against having kind of a savior complex? And for those of you listening who've been in foster care, you're probably familiar with talking about that idea. Before we get into that first, if you're watching, listening, uh, our these live streams are now on your favorite podcast platform. And so if you don't want to see our faces and you just want to listen to the audio, you can do that. So you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all that kind of stuff. So you can listen to the audio whenever you want. All right. So we'll get into the topic. Uh, and I will, I mean, full disclosure, I was the one I brought this up to Roy. I said, I think we need to talk about this. Um, I've, I've been a licensed foster parent. Roy's been involved with kids for most of his life in some way, shape, or form in his professional life. And, and the reason I wanted to talk about this, especially coming from a church background, pastor background, is Christians oftentimes go into things with great intentions, but we often feel like we need to be the fixer. We need to solve every problem. Uh, we often, you know, if we're the ones who are helping, it's easy to feel better than the person we're helping or the population that we're helping. And so all of that, you put all that together and, and you kind of get this, this savior complex. And, and in some ways we can step in to where Jesus ought to be and we insert ourselves. And so that's, that's just a way to introduce the conversation. Yeah. So that, that's what's on my heart. Yep. When I think about who needs this, you know, I think about ministers, pastors, counselors, parents, teachers, coaches, you know, really almost anyone who helps others, anyone who's influential, uh, leaders, uh, man, you could even, you could even go so far as to say, if you're, if you're a boss at work and you supervise people, this can be helpful. Uh, but we're thinking about it in the context specifically of caring for vulnerable kids, caring for vulnerable people. Um, you know, if you're, you follow Jesus and you have a heart for others, you want to help. 
It's why you became a foster parent. Uh, it's why you became a host home. It's why you're a mentor. It's why you give financially. It's why you you buy tangible goods and you bring them to an organization or to church or, or whatever. It's why you sponsor a child. And so it's easy for us to think about, um, you know, us having kind of a leg up. And I remember something that the now late Tim Keller said, Tim Keller was a pastor in New York city. Um, and he would talk about, you know, people in New York city, you know, being homeless, a lot of homeless people in New York city and people who are struggling, maybe they had addictions. And, and this always stuck with me. He said, you know, if your background or your, your parents, uh, or any number of variables were different, you could be in the same situation that that person's in. And so that's always stuck with, with me as I think about, man, oh, I'm not better than this person. I, I don't have a leg up. I just didn't make the right decisions. It's just that for whatever reason, that's, that's not where I find myself. And, and that quote has helped me realize, man, we're all a lot more alike than we think. Um, and so it helps as you go in to serve, you're like, I, I am really here to support and encourage, uh, not to fix and not certainly not to be the savior because that's, that's Jesus. So looks like you're back, Roy, you're back and ready for action. Okay. Well, let's look quick. Um, as Roy continues to struggle here with his, with his internet. So apologies for that. You know, what does God's word have to say about this? kind of topic. Here's what came to my mind as we were prepping for this episode. We are not responsible for outcomes as, as people, as humans, I would say. Uh, we're not responsible for making sure that someone graduates high school, stops using drugs. Uh, we're not responsible to make sure that a child, uh, in foster care, um, never re-enters foster care or that, that, that families are, are reunified. Like we can't be responsible for that. So I think of what we are responsible for. And throughout the new Testament, we see this, this idea of the one and others, right? We focus on what we can control. We control what we can control our own actions. We encourage, we love, we forgive, we teach, we admonish, um, and now here's Roy. I know you can see this room. Roy's going to join us here <laughs> in the in the office that I'm in because evidently his internet's not working too great. That's crazy. You want to pull up a chair? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I was, I was talking about yeah. we're not responsible for outcomes. Right. We can't make someone graduate high school. We can't make sure that a family's reunified, make sure that someone stops using drugs. What we can do is control what we can control. Mm -hmm. We can love, we can forgive, we can encourage, we can exhort, we can admonish, we can correct. And I think that's a big part of when you look at the community of the New Testament is when Paul and Peter and John are giving these instructions, it's not, hey, you be the fix, you change people, but you can be this, this conduit, you can be this avenue for someone's transformation. Uh, and it looks like loving, caring, forgiving, correcting, all these kind of things. Yeah. But it never says, hey, you need to make sure that my friend Roy um, prays to receive Christ. And, and that's, that's foreign to the New Testament. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. That's really good. So in the pro in the poverty, um, when helping hurts, one of the things they talk about is this issue of shame, mm. the poverty of being. Um, and so part of that is just even reframing our own yeah. experiences is realizing I am just as sick, mm -hmm. just as needy. 
Um, you know, I need the work of Christ yep. working yep. in and through me and through my own, my own poverty of yep. being. Yep. And that's what helps me then relate to then, although maybe experientially might be very different, at least at a heart level, at a shame level, we will have, we have something in common that keeps me from thinking that I'm better off. I have, um, uh, you know, I'm smarter. I've had better experiences. It re really removes any of that because before yep. Christ, none of us have anything to offer, yep. you know, salvation. Yep. I can't go to, we can't go to heaven one day and say, here's my resume. Yep. It's like, yep. why should we let you in? Uh, Jesus. Like yep. that's the only thing that kind of right. qualifies. That's what we have in common. So I think that's one of the things I love about one helping hurts again, a great resource. It really does tackle this issue of, you know, when you look at circumstances, I mean, you know, in Haiti, we would see kids, you know, eating mud just to put something in their belly, mm -hmm. but it wasn't necessarily the resources. So if we give them better education, it, mm -hmm. it until you get to the heart of shame and how they identify mm -hmm. that they, that they're actually value yeah. and worthy of love, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. That's the work. Um, and then part of that is then reframing who we are and the role that we play within yep. that. So that's the key yep. and helps reduce our ability to think it's about us at the end of the day. Yeah. It makes me think of that passage in second Corinthians two 16, where, where Paul says, as we're doing ministry, this ministry of reconciliation to one group of people, we smell like death and to another group, we smell like life. And then he says, who's, who's sufficient for these things? Like, right. like in other words, like, like how, who is able to really understand and grasp the significance of what we're doing? He's like, no one like, right. but, but then he says it's, it's Christ in us and empowering us. You know, we are the aroma of Christ. And I think that's what, you know, we, we are not the, this is, I mean, it's a weird illustration, but it's like, we are not the, the source of the scent, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're byproducts of that. And right. so when people smell us, it's because we've been close to Jesus but he's the one that ultimately people are getting a whiff of. Yeah. It's not us. So this is why this is so difficult, especially when I think of foster care. You know, I think of the work, you know, that my wife and I have done yeah. as house parents yeah. and, you know, some of those things is, you know, where's that fine balance of being all in, hmm. you know, picking up the cross, which requires us sacrificing everything. Yeah. And then whatever God calls us to. So when I think about all of the relationships that we have built with girls or kids over that time is we just make an attachment as if they are ours. Yeah. Even we, you, the, you, feel, you feel responsible. For well, them. we do. Yeah. And, and at some level, Christ is calling us yep. to do yep. that. Right. Even with our own kids, yep. but they're not mine. Right. Even my own biological yep. kids are not mine. They're his, yep. but yet I have to give them everything. Yeah to do that, but they're not mine. Right. So I think that savior complex can fall into that at the end of the day, they are his, I need to be responsible yeah. with what I need to, but at the end of the day, I need to be letting them go. I need to be preparing them for the things where they're independent followers of Jesus yeah. Christ. But that's really hard in this field. I can't tell you how many kids like you just pour and invest yeah. into a kid that just doesn't seem to get it. And it's hard or especially in foster care, right? You make attachments, you provide a safe home. The system can be very broken. There are decisions mm -hmm. that you just don't understand. Yeah. And you're like, you get so frustrated. You don't get the right closure. It can, it can leave people very wounded. Yep. And I'm not saying all that comes back to the yep. savior complex, but it, it does, it's very difficult to navigate investing everything emotionally, financially, mentally yeah. for the success of yep. another person. And then say, 
at the end of the day, I'm not responsible for the outcomes. I know. That's so hard. It really gets to this, you know, a couple of questions we could ask ourselves is, you know, is, is fixing people tied to my self-worth? Yeah. You know, that's a big, it's, it's a, it's an idolatry kind of question. It's like, I have to work through this. Like well, you, you could do it with anything, right? It, is succeeding at business attached to my self-worth? It is athletics, academics, whatever it is, right. you know, depending on where you're at in life. But but a lot of us who who love, you know, if you work in nonprofit or ministry world, you're like, I got into this because I want to help people. Right. And so in some way, as we're working out our own transformation, I have to wrestle with, yeah, actually, like, I really do tie my success or my self-worth to whether or not they succeed. Right. It's a dangerous spot to be. It is. Right. And it, but again, I just love what you said, but my job isn't to fix yep. people. I can't. I can't change a heart. I can't change a mind. Yep. I can create, you know, there's some level I need to be responsible to the spirits leading in my life to to be his hands and feet, you know. But again, I, I can't. My job yep. isn't to fix. If anything, I will do more damage than than good as I'm trying to maybe fix someone. Um, yeah, it's just not a good place to be. It's to love them. It's to it's care to for them. them. So we won't, you know, we've had to adjust here with, <laughs> with, uh, with our, with our yep. tech problems, but I want to get to one more question before we, yep. we end that first one there, you know, do you often wonder if I don't do it, who will? And I feel like in, especially if you're a foster parent oh, listening, or if you're a foster parent, a CH yep. or somewhere else, you might, you might've said, well, if I don't do it, who else will? And I think a lot of people have a heart for ministry. They have a heart yeah. for Jesus. We say that a lot. Like, Oh, if Roy, if you don't go overseas to Africa, who will? Right. And and we kind of do that to <laughs> guilt and shame ourselves. We do. And we do it to guilt and shame others. And so maybe, you know, throughout the course of your life, your parenting, you know, how have you and Karen even, got, you know, tried to work through that to, to not put yourself as like, you know, because essentially what you're doing is like, well, it could be like Jesus, like, well, if I don't die on the cross, who will? Well, literally no one. He's the only one who could say right. that. So we kind of put ourselves in that level of, right. well, if I don't do, I'm the anointed one. You know, there's no one else. It's hard, yep. right? Because I think of Ephesians 4, 1, you know, it, it, you know, Paul writes, you know, walk in a manner worthy mm -hmm. of your calling, right? Yep. Walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. Well, what's that, what does that mean? So I think all of us are trying to figure out kind of our purpose and our calling. It definitely influences a lot of that. I think that goes back to this attachments. If I create and craft my identity mm -hmm. around what, what my activity is, that's a very dangerous place. Mm -hmm. I think when we tie our identity around to what is, what is God, how's God leading my life in a way that helps me at some level be healthy to yeah. instruct, inform, you know, manifest the fruits of the spirit mm. in not only my own life, but in the life of my wife, my children. Yeah. And then it's here at CH it's, you know, in the kids that we interact with, whatever that is, um, then I, then I just have to lean in and allow his redemptive work in and through me, then kind of penetrate and um, impress upon those that see the, his work in me as I pour in and he, I'm, you know, I'm given the privilege allowing him, like he can use me in the life of others. So I think that's, I think the critical thing I've learned, and I haven't always done a really good job of this is strictly you know, attaching my identity to my activity. Uh, my identity is to, to the work of what Christ did on the yep. cross and that's, then me being it. found faithful to that. Yep. So, but that's, man, it's such a hard thing and it takes a lifetime. Oh yeah. And circumstances. And sometimes you get it right. And you're right? like, man, thank you, Jesus. And other times you're like, right. how'd I blow it? Well, I remember right. when I was 16 years old yep. at a youth camp and I just remember, Lord, here am I, send me. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was going to be a mission field. Mm -hmm. 
my mission field has not quite manifested itself yep. internationally, but it has here in the U.S. Yeah. And the different, you know, the different ways that I've, I've, I've done that. And that that has taken on all kinds of different forms. But even here in Nebraska, I realized like, OK, what's what's this next new chapter? But I remember I go back to the age of 16 is Lord, Lord, here am I like send me. But yep. what does that mean? And too often I've made it too much about me yep. and not about the work that he's doing in and through me. So I think that's so good. And I, I just mean you know, encourage those who are listening, watching to, to remember that you are this person in process. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get it right. One of the worst things would be to say, man, I really struggle with this. How could God ever use me? I, I, I want to save everyone. I have the savior complex. So God probably couldn't use me. And it's like, well, now that now you're kind of like, you're heaping guilt on top of shame. Uh, right. And then you really get into this position where you're like, you know, now you're, you, you, you kind of shut down. You can't be vulnerable. You can't be honest about where you're like, I'm, I just, God, God would never use somebody like me. I'm so messed up and I'm trying to take the place of Jesus. And of course, that's not, that's not what we're saying at all. It's, it's that we can own up to say, man, I am broken too. kind of where you started. I'm broken too. Yeah. I need a savior too. God could actually use, uh, you know, my life story to connect with other people to meet them where they're at, help them where Jesus wants them to go. Not where I want them to go, but to help them where Jesus wants them to go. Right. And we, it goes back to a couple of weeks ago where we talked about, you know, belonging before believing. Right. And I think if we can have that understanding yeah. with people is I'm just, I might only intersect them in their life for a very short period of time. Right. Uh, I don't have to have everything figured out and I don't have to fix them. Mm-mm. I could just, I could be used by God in whatever way this person needs. Maybe it's giving them a cup of cold water. Maybe it's taking them into their, my home for a few weeks or a few months. Um, but I could be used by God and use all the my own junk and my sin to say, hey, this is how Jesus has met me. Well, and that's, yeah. And that's why that, again, going back to the kind of the, the, the Coast Guard or the battleship, you know, what, what is it that we want to get out of relationships? What do we want to get out of a relationship with Christ? What is it that we want? You know, again, part of that is, you know, we understand clearly his mandate in scripture, which is very clear that we are to go and make disciples. We are to care for widows and orphans. We are, you know, there, there are, there are attributes, right? The Mm -hmm. one another's that we talk oftentimes, you know, in in the Christian world about what those look like as those manifest themselves in our lives. Again, it quickly becomes this understanding is we are really on a rescue mission. For those who know Christ, this is our hell. We we will never experience eternal damnation. Yep. The challenges that we face in this life literally become yep. our our it's the worst. It'll get. This it, is the worst it's going to get. Yep. But even in the worst it's going to get, we still have we still have work to do, yep. right? We still have a mission yep. to let others know about the love of Christ, and then trust the Lord with the outcomes. I love it. It's such a hard place, well, but it's good. It's well, worthy, right? It is. It is. It's a worthy well, calling. Well, in there. Well, hey, thanks for listening and yep. enduring <laughs> That's the right. tech, tech problems. Tech and uh, uh, appreciate you guys listening and yep. tuning in. You can find us on podcast now. So again, if you don't want to see our faces, you could just listen um, uh, where, where, whenever and wherever you are. So appreciate you guys. Thank you. Very much so. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, and share so more people can find us. If you have a question or a topic you want us to cover, you can reach out to us through our website at chne.org.